снова жив Вещи сон Стал легендой Пикассо Все закончилось на том, что ты бездарный клоун Бро, снова жив Вещи сон Я играю всем на зло Стану тупо с небоскреб Ты покажи мне кто есть кто Снова жив Вещи сон Стал легендой Пикассо Все закончилось на том, что ты бездарный клоун Бро, снова жив Вещи сон Я играю всем на зло All right, we are back, and uh, this week we are Afro Dighty, um, and I am joined this week by the JML. Jay, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Tim. How you been? Been pretty good. Been pretty good. You know, busy work, all that. Had a had a working on my day off today kind of day, and tried to uh, do some stuff after work because it's just like a half day or whatever half. <laughs> half day for with my with my current work still means six hours so basically a full day um but uh i kind of did a half day got home kind of hanging out got fred coming into the room probably because he doesn't want to be away from me um <laughs> but yeah otherwise been really good um how about you i guess i guess i already asked you but you know feels yeah weird to i just want <laughs> <laughs> i was kind of short but i don't know just been kind of caught up with with my own personal stuff with work but also um trying to catch up with wrestling it's, it's now it's december i missed a lot of wrestling and i'm just basically clawing my way back to catching up including uh with this recent star show um i can't believe that it's the 24th pay-per-view they put on this year um, which is kind of insane, but we'll we'll talk about that later. But yeah, just been trying to get my head around what wrestling is in 2023, heading into 2024, and and um, yeah. So, and that's my phone going off. <laughs> and it's a. And I am <laughs> muted. That's why. Yeah, I was saying. Obviously, there's um, there's like news that's related to what you're saying about the 24 pay per views this year, right? Um, Junk call. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then we don't have to worry too much about that. That's good. Um, but uh, I guess before we get into stardom, I went to West Coast Pro Monster, and uh, they actually had the like they live streamed it, and then last time. We're going to do a uh, West Coast Pro review. I know that uh, kind of the report was the um, the VOD would only be on uh, IWTV. But then I noticed that the live video stream is still up on their YouTube. So for this one. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I didn't check to see. Maybe the other one was too. But uh you know, I, there was an update in YouTube recently where they like changed. You know what? The, only this one is up there. So, oh no, actually, the other one is up there too. That's very odd. That's so funny. I think maybe it wasn't meant to still be up there because now it's gone. Um, the the monster oh. live stream is yeah. now gone. But the okay, but now it's on the no, it's not. It's I was gonna say now it's on the VOD. It's not. So I guess somehow I just had a link that maybe was should have been dead. I don't know what happened. Either way. Um, YouTube, I think part of, you know, like you want to blame them and say, Hey, they don't know what they're doing and this and that, but part of it is YouTube. I don't know if you noticed YouTube has done this update where like the live videos are separate from the, the VOD videos or yeah, the just regular yeah. videos. Yeah. That's why I've noticed. Cause, um, 
Because yeah. I've noticed the same thing with Stardom. They've put the live... I've looked on Stardom's page and other live streams. Like, it's on a separate page. It's just with live. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I can definitely see that, um, like, they're... Maybe they don't notice that the live stream went up on the... Uh, it's still there on the live stream tab, or you know, obviously it seems like maybe they caught it now because it's not there anymore. Um, but uh, but it I was up there for a bit. I know they posted the main event tag with Kenta and Kiro versus um, Tal- yeah, Tyus Alexander and Kevin Blackwood. They posted that in full yes. for free, so. so that's on there now. Yeah, that's true. So either way, um. Seemed like the turnaround was fast enough to where even though I just went to the show on Sunday, it was up in time and you checked out a lot of it. Um, so I'll just go through. There's a couple of matches that I think are more more. I'm more interested to talk about than others. Um, but then also there's uh, just a couple of thoughts. So opening the show was Jaya Jewel versus Ishmael Vaughn. Um, and up until this point, and, you know, obviously seeing him live maybe helped. I did not really get the giant jewel thing i did not i think i really i kind of figured him out seeing him in person and this might be a weird reason why but uh you know they say like you make a photocopy and a photocopy and it like degradates um i kind of realized like what giant jewel is is he's the photocopy of like gary J, who's the photocopy of el generico you know what i mean so it's like that Mm, he's like the he's the clone of the clone kind of thing to where it's like okay like i can see i can see where the you know where the dna of this structure is as it moves along he's the third generation kind of thing but but i kind of get it too he's got he's got his own you know character his own personality but kind of the way he wrestles like i can see the pasty skinny white guy who gets beat up and takes hellacious bumps like generico thing but then you've also got the, you know, the Gary J thing of like wanting to be a hard hitter and presenting yourself as like a, a you know, a tough guy who does that stuff, even though you still look like that and sell your ass off, you know, and it's kind of like, OK, I can see that um, Ishmael Vaughn, impressive, big guy, uh, hit some big time looking stuff. Really, I mean, at one point he he just threw like a body slam, but it sounded so hard, like he's trying to put this guy through the fucking ring. It was it was brutal. So. Yeah, definitely kind of got that. Um, I guess even before that match, though, there was the pre-show kind of promo thing. I think you mentioned checking it out. Um, so, like, we had the music hit. I think it was almost even presented, like, like the way that they presented the card, the, the way it was out there in the media. Like, it looked like maybe Mio Momono was going to be wrestling Mar- uh, Johnny Robbie in, like, the second match of the night, possibly, mm-hmm. even, it seemed. So... When it opens up and the music hits and then Johnny Robbie's coming out, she's clearly not necessarily in her gear and calls out Mio to get in the ring um, and cuts a very <laughs> odd promo um, angle thing to say that like she's injured, she's out, teases that it's like so bad of an injury or whatever it is that she's lucky to still be standing, walking, everything, which is kind of crazy. Um says that she has to go to a neurologist and asks Mio to be her opponent when she's ready to come back. Mio agrees, and then she lays her out with a big forearm. And the whole thing was really awkward and kind of weird, but uh, yeah, Jay, you, you checked it out and had some thoughts. What did you think? Um, Yeah, it was really weird because I've only seen Johnny Robbie a couple of times 
like in relation to uh she was the latest new japan strong pay-per-view um she was tagging with i think against stephanie vakir and um uh Zuxis on on that on that uh pay-per-view but also she was doing a stint on cmll and she's basically a kind of a base even though she was a foreigner um she was basically a baby face down there and with here it was kind of weird because he was playing heat and um when i first saw it i was like it's kind of weird and i thought lee pilled kind of a way um but um I would, i'm just thinking in my mind why would they do this promo in front of everybody unless this was angle and sure enough it was angle so i mean it led up to yeah you said rachel Elring making this yeah rachel Elring cuts off the beat down um and yeah and and says uh you know whatever i guess like mio asks her if she has her costume she says always has her costume and uh, that's going to be the match and Kind of a disappointment, I will say. I was excited for Mio Momono. Um, and I had got myself excited for the Johnny Robbie match after we had reviewed Whiplash on the last podcast, just because I thought that um, even though, like you said, Johnny Robbie was playing babyface in CMLL and in, uh, oh, not, I wasn't going to say New Japan Strong, but no, um, but in CMLL at least, that uh, that she was a really good heel on that uh that last west coast pro show uh taking on masha slamovich she's got the suavecitos crew with her so she's like full heel um and just i think would have been a much better match (laughs) to have someone who is just a better heel going up against mio who is an awesome baby face and one of the best wrestlers in the world that was another kind of part of this show was getting to see two wrestlers who i think are in the contention for me to be my wrestler of the year this year live for the first time um and i guess for me i'm fine with getting to that to that that match that kind of includes one of those people which is brian keith versus uh uh, masaki mochizuki um i guess you watched this on tape how did you feel that this came across on tape uh i felt for the most he ate him up a little bit gave up Uh, i'm i'm a big brian keith fan um as you are too, but um, Mochizuki, he didn't give him a lot until the final stretch. But then, then again, the the um, the finish really surprised me, and it, and it came out of nowhere, honestly. Um, but I thought it was a really good match. It was just too short um, for my taste. I thought this would be because I I was kind of surprised it went third from the it went like the third. It was the third match on the show. And um, I thought this would be like the one of the big headline, like like a like a semi main event type of match. Um, really surprised by that, but I'm not a person who watches West Coast Pro a lot. So, um, but for me, this was kind of I don't want to say disappointing, but it was a little underwhelming. I thought they would have a lot, of- but it was really good from what I saw. There's just Mochizuki; he took a lot of it. Um, but with Brian Keith, um, I thought um, by the end he, he showed himself really well um, for people that n- never saw him. Um, and there was like, if people were helicoptering themselves in just to see Mochizuki in these states, I, Brian Keith did a really good job. 
Hey, Tim, I think you're muted. Yeah, there we go. I think that should have fixed it. That's funny. Um, <laughs> it muted me um, itself on the app. Not Normally, I only press the button, but either way. Um, so, yeah, I agree with what you were saying that, like, it's short, and I was hoping for more, especially from, like, Brian Keith, get a chance to really see what he can do, especially, you know, Mochizuki as well in person. But even with kind of, I'll say, the issues there with just missing out on kind of what I would hope would be a bigger match, a bigger setting, all of that. Um, I still think incredibly, incredibly impressive performance from Brian Keith still. Um, Mochizuki, obviously an old pro. And I did like the detail that he brought in working over the midsection. I almost even enjoyed it because um, I heard someone in the crowd, you know, making a joke. And it's something I've talked about before a little bit, which is just how high Brian Keith wears his pants, right? Um, and people, you know, someone in the crowd, like, your pants are almost as high as Abdullah's or something, right? I heard someone say that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but it's nice because I could almost, you could almost see the way that that detail plays into Mochizuki's attack in that, like, in his mind, he thinks, okay, he must wear his pants that high because he's covering something in his, you know, about his midsection, right? He's covering up his belly. That's why he wears his pants so high. So that's what I'm going to attack. So I almost even kind of bought into the meta narrative of that and I appreciated it. Um, but that said, like, what I really, really liked about what I think was, you know, a smart detail of the way that Brian Keith works and really impressed me here. It's like, obviously, he's got insane charisma. Just the guy is like, there's he's got the super superstar aura. There's something to him, his presence, everything about him, how much he wrestles, all that. But Brian Keith is kind of known as, you know, he's the bounty hunter. He's the gunslinger. He's, you know, the Texas strong, whatever, however you want to say it, kind of wrestler. Um and he loves doing a lot of the King's Road, you know, dick measuring contest sequences, big chop battles, big, you know, strike battles, kicks, all that stuff. But in the middle of the match, when he's damaged, when he's under attack, when he's, you know, like, again, like the the the, the wounded animal, when he has the chance to stand there and throw and go blow for blow, he takes the cutoffs. He takes the shortcuts. He does not stick with the dick measuring, let me stand here and throw chops style of wrestling. And I just really appreciate that because that's just so incredibly smart. And it helps add a layer of psychology to Brian Keith's wrestling matches that I think that a lot of people who do those kind of spots and do that kind of wrestling miss and they overlook is that. You stand and bang because you think that you're going to be able to take out your opponent doing that stuff. You're not doing it just to, again, just to be the machismo, just to, you know, just to do it, even if it's going to take you out. You're doing it because you think you can win. And when he knows that he can't win, because if he stands there and takes these chops or just does the kicks, all this and that, like, it's just a matter of time before Mochizuki's going to go back to the midsection. So if he has an opening, he needs to take it and take advantage of it. And so I really, really did appreciate that because I think that that's incredibly smart wrestling that a lot of people miss when it comes to the psychology of those kind of matches or being that kind of wrestler. There's like so many wrestlers who just don't don't think that deeply. And it just shows how Brian Keith is just that much that much smarter. <laughs> really, I mean, he's just an incredibly intelligent wrestler who knows what the fans want, 
is insane superstar aura and presence, but also knows how to make the psychology of the wrestling still make sense. And I just really, really appreciated that. And he's in there with Mochizuki, who's, you know, an all-time legend and a guy who deserves to be in that conversation for greatest ever with just the insane run that he's been on and all of that. And Mochizuki almost, you know, not to say taking the night off, but taking it easy and came up with a nice little detail to tell the story of the match working on the midsection. And Brian Keith really made it sink. And I just, I I really, really appreciated that. Um, follow this up with uh, the, this Lucha's Trios match. And now I said, I leaned over to my wife after this match and I said, a lot of times I say, I don't like Lucha. People know I don't like Lucha. I don't mean that. I like that. <laughs> this was American Indies. What's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is, this is the American Indies influence on lucha or the you know the lucha influence on american indies reflecting back and forth on each other to where you end up with this this is this is not something that you see in cmll right this is not how they wrestle in even in triple a this is not how they wrestle in mexico when it comes to lucha this is how luchadors take that style and wrestle for the american audience this was go 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 all fireworks insane insanely inventive spots there was no like going through the motion there was six seven eight different fucking sequences and spots that were mind-blowing shit i've never seen before you know what i mean just insanely mm -hmm. impressive stuff um and the guy who i thought coming in was going to be the weak link you know wicked wick wicked wicket the riverside local guy when he comes out the gate looking fucking nuts it's like okay this is on um even before that i mean i think that the biggest most telling thing from the match that was like okay this is going to be something special is you know you expect Taurus is going to come out be the base let all the flyers come in but he tags in and just starts hitting fucking flying moves huge crazy flipping arm drags off off different angles giant suicide tornado dive like just insane flying high speed stuff from Taurus that you do not expect um just to show off that like yeah he's not just being the base tonight he's going at it um Aramis uh kind of I didn't realize I was like and this is what kind of hit me I was like is he kind of he's kind of doing like a mystico knockoff thing I had never really you know noticed that I, from I was just gonna say I was just gonna say that <laughs> it's like yeah a million mysticos bloom right when, when when you're the big top star or whatever but yeah just insane stuff like I said tons of shit that was just crazy I loved so many of the guys in this match have had their thing you know what I mean twists versus flips iron kid being the guy who stands on people you know, and doing it from, you know, crazy, you know, base stand on someone's shoulders to do a flip to doing step up on like a guy on all fours back to do a shooting star press, right? Like stuff like that, where it's just like, he's like, he's the standing on people guy and, and, you know, uh, uh, wicked is doing the backflips and, you know, it's just really fucking cool. Incredibly awesome match. Like I said, just spots and, and moves and things that you just never seen. And, and this is where it is like, yeah, like you want to see the cultures mix and jive because this is this is not traditional lucha <laughs> you know what i mean this was americanized indie rific lucha and it was fucking great yeah yeah i really i really liked it i mean it, it reminded me of um it's it's reminded me of indie lucha you see like the people that's what it uh like a lot of yeah, the, yeah. the young guys do now is basically do that style um some of the sequence i i have seen and it's kind of permeating now that I've, I'm catching up with CMLL 
Um, a lot of the young younger guys in CMLL are starting to do that style also. Um, the the reins are starting to loose with with CMLL, and a lot of the guys are just doing those type of high spot style um, matches. But it's still it's still in the context of CMLL where these guys just went all out. Um, and with you mentioned Aramis, yeah, he lo- he's looking more and more like Mystico. Um, <laughs> I didn't he's twenty four already. Like I've seen him since he was. I've, I've legit seen him since he was a teenager, and he's. I've always, I've always liked him. Um, in terms of, oh, gosh, what was the first time I? It was like on a. Um, I forgot what the the place is. People are going to kill me, but little, the mini outdoor arena. It always gets mean that because of the because um, the the random dogs that show up. Um, is it? It's not the where they do like Zona Twenty Three or whatever, is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but you know, he's—I've—I've I've always liked him, and um, you know, and, and Black Taurus, and um, there's there's other guys that around that that area, like track, like Dragon Bane, and you know, Toxin. Yeah. Um, those guys, I've—I've I've always liked those guys, and they're—you can see they're spreading out like Dragon Bane's and and Noah right now, you know, tearing it up. I always see there's always something with him going viral and stuff like that. Um, yeah. It seems like every, every match that him, cause he's tagging with alpha wolf. And I talked about it on our last, like Noah review that, yeah, <laughs> that, that tag team just doing like kind of basically like this for the Noah, uh, junior tag team division is better than whatever, like stinger just turning on themselves over and over again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've always, li- I've always liked that style. Um, just cause <laughs> Because it's really nutty and stuff, and Black Taurus that that tornado through the ropes was just insane. Just because how big he is, um, yeah. But yeah, um, I <laughs> I really I really like this match, and I that's I th- I thought we were going to differ there, but no. <laughs> I'm, no, no, I'm glad you I'm glad you loved it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, like I like I I think I I tweeted it. I said I mean like I you know I was at all of the kind of the height of the pwg getting five star kind of thing and all that i've been to plenty of like lucha shows i you know all that kind of stuff like went to ecw when they were on the west coast that that was the craziest match i've ever seen like no no question like especially when it comes to like high spots and stuff Mm -hmm. like it was just this was out of fucking control like i just it was just go 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 and it was again crazy never seen it before type spots over and over again um, even if, like you said, there is some stuff that you've obviously seen before here and there, but just hard to predict. Nothing was like, oh yeah, I know where they're, I know what they're gonna do next. Like you know, there was always something coming out of nowhere. Really, really appreciated that. Um, I was, I was surprised those okay. wipers doesn't get. In, no, and I was gonna say, I was surprised those oh, wipers yeah. doesn't get enough love like around around the internet because um, they work AAA mostly, so maybe that's it. Um, but yeah, they're. they're <laughs> pretty damn good themselves yeah i i they were because they were booked for some matches um they worked in in west coast pro like once or twice then they were they yeah they even got like uh they were in um wxw and then i think one of them got injured and i think that that was kind of like they were about it seemed like they were about to break through and then someone got injured and then I think that's why now that they're back, because I think it was either it was either I think it was Toxin. Toxin mm-hmm. got injured and it seemed like they were just about to like 
kind of yeah like get noticed more in the u.s and around around and then he was out and then now he's back so i think yeah i think that there's a good chance that they could be on the press hopefully they can get back to where they seems like they were because yeah i agree with you that it's like uh they're fucking crazy i mean you know like this the stuff that they're doing great basing in this match too like it looked like it, you know you know the vipers and and black tourists looked like they would be like the base rudo team but they ended up hitting so many fucking crazy high spots and and it's like i think of black Taurus as being such a great base but uh but latigo was fucking sick as a base i mean some of the stuff he was doing as well was crazy so mm-hmm. yeah definitely definitely agree um we'll see yeah those vipers i was i was kind of already interested in them and then the injury happened and then now they're back so i'm like okay cool like i'm i'm gonna keep an eye and see what they get going because and they got tons of personality too not just you know in their match but when they were like outside selling gimmicks and stuff and they both seemed to speak english really well they were having conversations with people talking to people and just being really personable they were you know standing right in front of me where i happened to be sitting was where they set up to sell shirts and stuff and I was just like, okay, these guys really are fucking working. You know, like these guys are not just, they know that it's not just the wrestling. There's more to it. Right. And they were doing the full business. So definitely appreciated that as well. Um, follow this up. Okay. We get intermission. That's where they, they make sense. I was just talking about them selling the gimmicks. Um, yeah. Then but, but come you, didn't, back. you didn't see it okay. on the VOD, but um, I, I commend them. I commend uh, West coast pro. They're basically airing the promo. It's like, even before the show, they're airing the promos of, um, like mini video packages. Yeah, um, yeah. and there weren't like extravagant video packages, but just mini video packages get hype of what the matches were. And I really appreciate that. Like I, you know, I drop in. I'm I'm not the most plugged in into the independent scene, but I do watch, um, when I can, and I do appreciate when when an independent promotion does that. Um, it was it was pretty well done and. And they were doing that during the intermission as well, just to remind you what matches. Because I was, because um, right, 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 right before, right before intermission, I was like, oh, okay, well, Rachel Arling and Mia Momino, that's going to happen. That'll be it. But I didn't, I totally forgot that Takumi Roja and Sandra Moon was going to happen. And, you know, I already knew that Kenta and, and Kira were going to tag. But yeah, I, I totally forgot about that match too. Yeah, 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 and they did that on the last uh, show as well because I kind of watched it partially live, and it was even better because it was you know it was Joseph's video that they were playing to build up the Hero Thatcher match and stuff. So, but yeah, they are doing a good job of that. I mean, th- that kind of my big picture off of the whole thing. I'll maybe talk about it when we're done. But yeah, I, I'm digging West Coast Pro, and especially they're going to keep running in LA in a venue that I can walk to a 15 minute walk from my house. Um, I'll be keeping up with them and maybe going to more shows for sure. Um, getting back from intermission and then now we're gonna yeah we're gonna get the rachel ellering versus mio momono match that was set up um pre-show with the angle and uh i guess yeah jay what were kind of what were your thoughts on this on vod um i thought this was a it was a decent match um uh i was kind of surprised that rachel ellering got the victory here but um with momono she she looks like she hasn't lost a step um concerning all the injuries um i haven't been watching <laughs> a lot of me momono i know i know i know <laughs> you know people are gonna hate me for that sure, but sure. it's okay but but um yeah she's she's been really good. she looked really good um concerning all the injuries and stuff like that and rachel Arling, i've seen her here and there um because i know she's regularly working ring of honor now 
Um, and she's looked the best I've seen this year so far. I mean, it's no surprise since Momino, but um, usually in Ring of Honor, it's just it's basic matches. And whereas um, this match, it's probably the best I've seen her in a while. But I haven't really been watching, you know, Ellering that much. I know she she's a pop up Impact and stuff. I don't really watch Impact, but um, I do watch. I do do try to watch Ring of Honor. And um, but this was the best match I've seen her so far. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's fair. I thought Mio looked looked really good for what she was doing um again disappointed that we weren't getting because rachel that was like kind of the issue rachel was not willing to go heal and i kind of understand it um because you know she's linked to chris hero hero is the biggest baby face in the company i think everybody knows that you know like that they're a couple and all that in when it comes to west coast pro so she's not gonna go heal like she's just not so but I just would have liked her to work a lot more aggressive, a lot more domineering on the top. Um, that said, Mio, you know, busted her ass to try to make something. But, like, in the same regard, like, the issue with her just not kind of going full hog on just being, should just have worked as the bad guy here and just beat the shit out of her and really made the story work that way. Instead of doing that, she doesn't. And in the same, again, in the same breath, like, in the same kind of issue, like, she's just she's a, a flincher you know and like that's i think the biggest problem like she can there's plenty of stuff that she can do and she probably would be even better if she was more confident and just did it but like the big a big part of the story of this match was mio repeatedly grabbing for the waist lock and looking for a german suplex and then when it's time for the big spot to finally hit rachel's like throws her arms back to catch herself instead of just taking the fucking german and that's why i talk about flinching it's like you're ruining the flow of the match. You're getting the big payoff, the big moment, what we've been building towards for the story of the match. And you completely fuck it up because you're not willing to just take a bump. You're like trying, you're like too scared to just take a fucking back bump from Mio Momono, who's like pushing five feet tall. Like she's so small. You're not really taking a huge drop. But if you had sold it, if you had really done, and maybe that's part of it. Maybe she's, you know, she's taking a German from someone so much smaller. It's hard to make it look good, but. I mean, to me, it just looked so bad because she threw her arms back to brace herself rather than, I know it's, oh, you don't want to land so hard, but like, just one German, one German from five feet in the air at the most, not even probably, you know, and just, just take it on your shoulders in the back of your head and you're going to fucking live. And you just really blew the, the moment in the match. And it just, such a big moment for the match and it gets completely ruined because of that. Like, and that's the thing that just fucking sucks. Like, and like you said, it's not that she's terrible. And in ROH, just working basic matches, she's fine. She's competent, but it just feels like she's afraid to fully commit. She's not confident. That's like the biggest issue with her. She just needs to, and she's been wrestling, you know, you want to say that she's like still a rookie, but she's been wrestling for a while at this point to not be comfortable. I mean, God, she's been wrestling for almost 10 years. That's crazy to even think. And she just does not come across like she's confident in herself in the match. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I didn't kind of feel that way, but you know, sure. it's. But um, that might be with her experience, maybe just just trying to you know take care of herself and stuff. But um, I don't know. Yeah, that's and, fair. That's fair. Yeah. So, like I said, but, I get it. I get wanting to be safe and all that, but you know, but it's, just, um, it's so tough. Yeah. yeah on on commentary, they were pushing kind of hard that she was. She, that 
yeah, this was a big victory because she was she was winless in in West Coast Pro. So, um, ah. so yeah, maybe I they're mean, build, building something there with her getting yeah. trying to get an all winning streak. So, and uh, and you know it makes sense with um, you know the the kind of the 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 logic of that when it's a replacement, the replacement goes over, right? Like that's the kind of the thing because it's just it's too predictable to have like someone who's added to a match last minute and then they lose. So you go, mm-hmm. you go with them winning. So, you know, anyways, I kind of get that. Um, Takumiya Roja versus Sandra Moon. Did you check this out? I did. Um, okay. And because, because you mentioned to me to check out like three main matches and I was just sure. like, why didn't, why didn't check out this one? Cause um, the first half of it, um, I really liked it. And then um, I know you you're not a fan of Sandra Moon, and once she got on offense, I understood completely why. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. So um, it was a decent match. Um, Takumi Uroha is still still great, and I wish she came. Um, <laughs> people are going to kill me again, but I wish she came back to start. Came back to stardom, um, right? Just to just to do inter- intermittent like big matches and stuff like that. Um, she's so damn great, but. Um, yeah, and it, it was interesting because I was looking around um, the crowd. It, it, I don't know, I don't know what the vibe is with Sandra Moon. It seems like half the crowd's really into her, and half the crowd's just like have their arms arms folded. Like, is she right. is she that dis- divisive? Um, I, I think most. I wouldn't say divisive. I think that most people like her or are fine with her, but she's just not intriguing. I don't think that there's a ton of people in the crowd who feel the same way I do, where they really don't like her. I think that okay. they just get bored by her once she starts wrestling. And that's why they don't seem engaged. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, here, I was actually perfectly fine with her here. I kind of liked, uh, and people might think that this is like a put down, but I absolutely, I, I liked the situation that she was here where she's just like, she looks like she's built kind of like Hacksaw Jim Duggan and her gear doesn't fit her right. And she's just throwing like some basic moves and lariats and shit and just being like kind of a like, you know, just trying to look big and, and burly and ass kicking. And I kind of actually appreciated that. Um, So I was like, OK, that works, you know, like that's cool. And like I said, people might think that's a takedown, but that's actually to me, that's like kind of a good thing, like a wrestler who just looks like big and like maybe like kind of blocky and not necessarily like. Oh, you, you know, you're jacked or, you know, have a bunch of muscles or whatever. But it's just like that was an older style of wrestling. It just looks like a big ass kicker. And that's kind of what she was doing. Um, Takumi was great. Facials from Takumi, really something I did not appreciate as much um, over the years that I've watched her on tape as I did in person. Um, just the the wry smile that she gives, the sarcastic tone that it adds to so much of her work. I just really appreciated the way her personality came through. Just very domineering, very... Uh, very aggressive and just really just kind of has that shit eating grin, you know, just looks like just like she's enjoying taking, you know, putting a hurting on her. So I really appreciated that. Um, yeah, I kind of I kind of read that, too, that she was kind of sarcastic, even because um, on commentary when when she won, um, they were kind of putting over saying, look out, look out, she's smiling and and trying to check up on Sandra Moon. I just completely read the, the yeah. completely opposite way i thought like no she's just being a dick like yeah you know patting was, her that, like like good job and all that stuff yeah that was exactly how i took it too like she was being she's being a dick and uh, I, yeah i really appreciated that um 
follow this up with the the men's championship match. That was the women's championship match. Starboy Charlie versus uh, Jack Cartwheel. I talked on the last episode. We did the Whiplash review uh, pretty negatively about uh, Starboy Charlie's title reign. I think this was a better match for him. I think this was a, a real trying to put him over. This was a good spot on his kind of on his movement as the champion, maybe starting to write it feels like he's kind of getting more down on what this character is that he's trying to do. Um, I think Jack cartwheel is really just criminally undervalued. I think a lot of people think he's just the goofy cartwheel guy and he does do that, but he's incredibly talented. He's got amateur background, saw some of the stuff he was able to do in Gleet. Um, but then on top of that, just the, the, again, here being a heel, being a guy to make the champion look good, showing off a personality, being shitty, doing a bunch of you know goofy stuff, but always coming across like a threat. I just, I mean, yeah, I just think Jack Cartwheel gets overlooked with just how how talented he really is. Like, um, and yeah, so I just, I really did, uh, really did appreciate this match. Not saying it's great, not even saying it's like one of the best matches on the show, nothing like that. But it was a step in the right direction for the Starboy Charlie title reign. But I don't know if you watch this or have any thoughts. Um, I watched the first half of it. I'm going to go back and watch it um, when it's available on VOD because I was I was watching this like at three in the morning, so I was I was trailing sure, off sure. a little bit. So, sure. um, yeah, so yeah, it was foggy, but I remember most of the, most of the match. So, but I'll, I'll I'll go back and watch it. But yeah, I do agree with um, your sentiment, Jack Cartwheel. He's a really 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 good. Um, another guy that's i've seen on ring of honor tv now um so he's making his way over there so um hopefully oh, he'll good. be on hopefully he'll be on aew like rampage and stuff like that soon um just to show what he could do but yeah he's becoming the ring of honor. maybe that was a local thing when i saw him on ring of honor but yeah um definitely agree yeah. on jack cartwheel nice um main event Chris Hero and Kenta versus Blackwood and Titus Alexander. Uh, you can give your thoughts on this if you like. Um, this is another one I had to. I have to go back and watch, but I watched the. I remember seeing the second half of it. It was really, really good. Um, just I'm, I'm impressed. I haven't watched much of Titus Alexander, but I'm really impressed by him. Um, and um, I was surprised Kenta took so much. <laughs> I was really yeah. surprised how, how much he bumped for this for for these two and um you know blackwood's blackwood was there and um i'm happy to see chris hero back i'm happy to see him wrestle and um hopefully he'll he'll spread his wings in other promotions but um yeah like that's the thing that stood out to me is Tyus alexander and the interactions with him and kenta and how much kenta just took so much um yeah yeah, it was a really good match yeah, and I, I I forget what it was what happened exactly, but there was a moment pretty early on in the match when Titus was in there, and you could see it on VOD. He kind of blows a snot rocket in the middle of the ring and kind of like is messing with his nose a little bit, and then he goes out onto the apron and he's continuing to wipe his nose. And then if you pay attention after that, his wrist tape is covered in blood, so oh, he busted okay. his nose up somehow early early on in the match, um, and really just. Really, it was super subtle. So, like, I noticed it up close, but he doesn't really play into it. And it kind of, like, you know, people say, oh, you got to like take advantage of that kind of stuff when it happens. But it really did not fit the story of the match. So it was kind of good that he didn't. I mean, they could have completely changed the match, but it's probably pretty tough to do that when you're doing a big tag team match like this. You got four people involved. And, like, if it was a singles match, I would have totally seen Chris Hero would have taken advantage of it because you can definitely use 
something like that to play off of the knockout artist kind of thing, right? But it just in this context, it didn't quite make sense. But yeah, that was kind of impressive that not only did he give this level of performance, but he was doing it after having busted his nose up in the middle in the beginning of the match. Um, fresh off of his tour from you know his little bit of tour in Japan, uh, doing some training with uh, with Marvelous and getting some matches in Noah and, and a couple other places. So impressive to see. I've seen Titus in person, but uh, definitely looking better and better every time I see him. Um, him and Blackwood, but I think especially Blackwood, were really good at just being stooging, bumping your ass off heels, making the legends look good by just being completely af- afraid of them, taking everything, selling it over the top, you know, bumping all the way to the floor, running and hiding. At one point, Blackwood runs and grabs a curtain and is trying to hide behind a curtain in the middle of the crowd. I don't know if you catch that on tape or not, but uh, but just a lot of really cool stuff with that. Um, and yeah, and Hero just absolutely perfect. Gets the, you know, understands who he is. Absolutely is 100% Chris Hero. Just gives the fans what they want. And coming out of it, you know, I went with my wife, Alicia, and she's like, I'm happy that it wasn't super long, you know, and looking at it now, it's like, okay, it was, it was nearly a half hour. Absolutely did not feel like it. It breezed by, it felt really, really subdued. And I was just happy because coming out of it, I was just happy thinking it's so nice that Chris Hero, you know, the Thatcher match felt like it went short. This match feels like it went short, that Hero's back and he's not trying to give just these overly long matches, you know, and, and kind of doing the, the kind of over the top, just way too much kind of thing that, that he somewhat kind of did in the past more. And then on the Indies, he also did, you know, like kind of realizing like what people want and giving them what they want. And just, it was like, perfect. I'm just so happy to see Chris Hero still having such a good mind for wrestling and just executing everything perfectly. Obviously felt like the biggest star of, on the entire thing, the most over had the best match of the show. All of that is just absolutely Chris Hero puts over Kenta post-match. I thought it was really fun because the crowd is chanting, please come back. And Kenta gets the mic and says, I'm home. And I'm just like, yeah, he he is home. He lives in <laughs> Southern California. Like, of course he's going to come back, you know, if they pay him and he just lives here. It's not a big deal. But uh, definitely liked that. Kenta was great. Like, I've been down on Kenta, but it was cool to see him in person um, for the first time in forever. And that he was not, you know, he's not the same old Kenta, but he's something different and it's still good, you know? Um, so yeah, definitely really appreciated this as the as the main event. Do you want to know the match time of that? The match yeah, yeah. Twenty eight twenty five. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it, it but it felt so quick. It felt it know, flew by. Not, yeah, it did yeah. flew by it flew by. Yeah. Um so yeah, like I was saying, I mean, it feels obviously wrestling, indie wrestling, all that, it's not the same, but this felt close to a good PWG show in a lot of ways. Um, with the mix of actually having some women's matches, which I would hope that they could get a better women's division so that, you know, if you have a last minute replacement, you're, you're replacing them with someone a little bit higher caliber than Rachel Ellering, you know, like, but that's not necessarily completely their fault. It's not as if, you know, they have, they've only run one other show in Southern California. There's not as if there's a ton of really great wrestlers that are easily available in Southern California. Rachel's going to be in the building anyway. You know, it is what it is. Like, I can't blame them necessarily for that. Um, but that said, I mean, it felt like a super indie show, but it had its own kind of flavor. It did not feel just like when it was at the peak of the really bad super indies where everyone's just booking all the same, you know, thing. Um, and like, and I can't argue with like 15 minute walk, you know, I mean, that's just, it's so cool how close it is to where I live. So I just, uh, definitely into that, but, uh, but yeah, really good show. 
and feeling like, okay, like it's, I hate to say it because, you know, it's West Coast Pro and they started in the Bay or whatever, but them kind of feeling like the heir apparent to PWG was kind of what people said. And now they're even running in Los Angeles. It's becoming even more apparent. Now with this building being used, I, I saw something today that said the globe is actually closed again. So, um, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll I'll send it. I'll send it to you when I find sure. the tweet. But um, yeah. Do you think like because I know TJPW and another indie were gonna run the globe? Um, I think next year or or the end of this year. Um, do you think they'll move to here? Because this is a lot smaller, right? The yeah, this, this is building. a lot smaller. It's a very different kind of building and kind of everything. So I. I don't know. That's crazy that they said they were closed. They said they were open and now they're saying they're closed again. Like that's, yeah, I don't, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's other places to run. So a lot of places are running this, this building. Um, so maybe, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. the TJPW show was like coming up shortly. Was it not? Yeah, let me take a look. Um, yeah. But, yeah, let me send you this. Sure, sure. Yeah, let me send you this. Uh, yeah, this is what I, what I found. Someone else was, talk, was talking about it. Uh, it might have been Keen, because um, Keen, yeah. he, is, he is from the Bay, and he was talking about it, too. Uh, but... Yeah, it's from what I know. That's I think the globe is closed for good. So uh, TGPW, the globe. Yeah, I just found I found I found some stuff here. Um, December twenty, December fourteenth. Wow, that's that is pretty. Yeah, because ten days. Wow, I was looking on looking on their Twitter. Twitter page and they were marked. They were doing ten days to go. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah, and they were they stopped looking for another place after they got told that it was not closing. Um, but it looks like it looks like they said that they're moving to the Vermont Hollywood. So oh, okay, and that's the place that New Japan Strong would run. Um, which was oh, like okay. old work. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, um, and that place makes sense. That that place is probably more close to a replacement for the Globe Theater in a lot of ways. So I can definitely see, um, see that kind of being a better kind of switch over there. But like, really, they probably could run like Prestige and TJPW out of. I don't know. Maybe they're drawing better. I don't think they are though. Um, because I went to a Prestige show in the globe and they did not draw much better than this uh west coast pro show here in the don quixote so i don't know um either way um that's crazy man that's crazy that they said they were closed and they're like oh actually we're not and now they're like yeah actually we are they are closed um just that's eh, maybe it's not that bad because if they've already got another place set up maybe it's fine um, yeah i just found the this is where the original tweet was william Quintana, who was the yeah. He is the owner of Rust, uh, Prestige. He says, uh, oh, I just had it. Where, where'd it go? <laughs> uh, 
live on live on the air, it. folks. Here's uh, your here's scoop. your there you yeah. go. Yeah, read it. <laughs> oh yeah. Here's your scoop since y'all want to DM me to break the news. Globe Theater is actually closed. No issue with the staff or people at the venue on my end. It's the higher ups. Onward and upward. Love y'all. And this was yesterday in the evening. Um, yeah, so so cool, you know. <laughs> Again, like uh, it's gonna happen, I guess. Um, yeah. Or I guess it was bound to happen just with the way everything was going. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of companies running shows there. Circle Six was running at the Don Quixote already. Um, coming up, West Coast Pro is coming back in February. A lot of companies are running in this venue, and I think it it works. It's a it's a, a pretty nice venue. I I like it. I would I'll definitely keep going. Um. So yeah. So that's a plus that it's like nearby and and decent. So can't complain. The Burritos Los Palmas is is right next door, and you can get them. You can get burritos from there in the venue, which is cool. Um. So, yeah, yeah. If I've because I the first I I went to L.A. um this year for work. Um, so that's why I didn't hook up with, I, if I, if I was able to get out of work and do stuff, I would have definitely hit you up, but, sure, sure. um, if I ever get back to LA and I, I, I hope to do so, um, next, next year or two, um, I definitely want to go to an indie show with you and, and probably just go to, a, I just want to go to a Lucha show. Sure, <laughs> just sure. talking about there's it always, yeah. yeah there's always a bunch going on man and just all over the place so you can definitely find one <laughs> depending on you know who's going to be on it obviously yeah um well we're going to talk about this uh <laughs> this stardom show there's a there's some stuff to talk about but there's also a lot of like the news stuff so kind of hit that um you mentioned it 24th pay-per-view this year right um and the announcement that they're going to be cutting that back because it's too much. Um, and I guess part of the, you know, what plays into that um, with people kind of talking about like all the injuries, people saying stardom is plagued with injuries. There's so many injuries there. This and, that. and I feel like it's really overblown the way that people are presenting it. Um, I guess you could say it seems like a lot, but when I look through kind of the list of what people are reporting as the list of injuries, you've got three, which is nearly like half, maybe a little bit less than half of all this big rash of injuries. Three or four people that are on the list of big injuries are all already returned on this show, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, well, how bad is this rash of injuries that people are already back? It's like you're you're talking about injuries that happen in July and then injuries that happen in November, December, and you're acting like this is like some just plague of injuries when, like I said, people are already returning. Um, yes, the schedule is obviously probably too much. Yes, the style that they wrestle is not easy, and there's and that gets even worse, and there's so much wear and tear. But that's another part of it. You look at the injuries, and these injuries are primarily wear and tear injuries that come from long hard road of people wrestling a lot and wrestling really hard a lot right like it's not a ton of and that's the thing where people go oh is this is this style too dangerous is that what it's not a ton of like people just getting dumped on their head breaking their necks and stuff like that it's a lot more of people getting worn down injuries that happen over time because of that um yeah you know I mean? exactly yeah. yeah and um 
I would say, because I, I have similar similar thoughts, um, but I did look into how many times he's, this roster has wrestled, and a lot of them, they've already crossed like 100 and, 115, 117 matches already for, for some, like in the in the Red Belt tournament with all four participants, like Mina Shirakawa has wrestled 114 matches. Um, Mike is Russ, Micah, I think Micah, Ami Sore have wrestled 117, and um, Momo Watanabe wrestled about 110. So that's right around. I, I was surprised that it's more than um, a lot of um, WWE wrestlers have <laughs> wrestled, which is kind of crazy because. Um, notoriously known for having a crazy schedule, um, just because of the house shows and stuff. Um, but then, like, I messaged someone, um, about it and then they looked up and, um, it's really, it, it falls in line with a lot of, um, a lot of Japanese wrestlers like Yamato's, um, wrestled that much and, you know, Tomiri, she's rushed like 122 matches. Like, it falls in line with a lot of, uh, Japanese wrestlers who, are either full time or on the independent circuit. Um, whereas Stardom, this is kind of like this will be the 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 most that most of these wrestlers have wrestled. And also, you have to consider this is probably year three of all of, like the core the core roster being together because um, I know Mina got added twenty like late twenty twenty. So you got to think from late 2020 that internal roster because most of the people that are on this show that's that's been the roster for the last three years i just attribute that to them being tired and being worn down like you like you said so um i don't feel like it's a lot but then i took took, took a step back and you think this is the 24th pay-per-view and most of the pay-per-views are like three hours long or more um they're working most, they're working 10, 10 matches, um, a month. So yeah, it's, it adds up to a lot and it's just more and more. And I think, yeah, they should have cut back. I just think their problems was, and I guess we could get into it with the news. Um, their former president, uh, Katsuhiko Harada, um, he was trying to push more and more. Um, for the growth of Sardom. Um, I know that he was the previous president, um, when Bushiroad officially, when Bushiroad took over New Japan, um, what, once in 2013, um, he was their initial president and under them, they kind of got back into it and they've, they sort of increased their schedule load and, um, it's what's, what's happening with Sardom kind of mirrors what happened with New Japan in terms of, um, running bigger buildings and getting more people into the building. And, um, cause I remember some of those New Japan shows in the 2000s, like the, like during the G1, when they do the G1, the three straight nights or, or two straight nights in Sumo Hall, like the upper deck of Sumo Hall was like basically empty. So, um, um, with that, you know, he's, he did a good job there. Um, obviously he's not there and he was transferred over to, um, run with stardom, but I think the biggest controversy with stardom is that, um, which is kind of, it would, it would be a non-factor here in the U S but, um, here, um, during the string of house shows, I think last month, um, they announced the wrong time 
for a show and the fan base was really upset and um julia tweeted out who's also been in the news just because of the speculation that she might go wwe and 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 uh you know mike johnson pw insider said that she was supposed to go to the performance center as as it's close to last week but never really showed up but um with her she tweeted out that she um it's getting blowback from fans and she was trying to find out what what was the problem with the start times and all this stuff and she said someone that worked in bushi road laughed in her face and basically disrespected her so she basically made a call to kadani and that's when kadani came in and the the next show i think it was it happened that happened saturday um you know it was a shit show on on the japanese twitter like people were so upset um kadani came into the sunday show um apologized with harada um he apologized then they had a pay-per-view the next weekend i think it was the it was the gold rush pay-per-view and he opened the show kadani opened the show apologizing to the fans and saying that there was going to be some changes and the next week harada was replaced um so um by the new president and it's the president's um tower okada um he's 35 years old which is um similar to my age um which is kind of crazy um but um and he's coming from another verse another i think it was the um milky homes i think that's the anime or card game that he was resigning over or the idol thing i for, i don't i for, i forgot but um he's taken over as president of uh bushiro uh fight the bushiro fight is the division that that holds stardom originally it had bushiro bushiro fight originally was created to help to house um stardom and um their kickboxing um their kickboxing promotion that they i forgot the name but they sold it um, immediately afterwards, so um, Stardom is Bushiroad Fight in terms of LLC property, and um, Okada's come come over, and he's now the new president, and he's made a proclamation that they're going to cut back on on um, on pay per view events because they mentioned it was twenty four, but I think the biggest thing was that. In the middle of the five star grand prix they were doing these offshoot pay-per-views like um they did two pay-per-views um one of them was like the dream tag pay-per-view which it got a good um got a got good buzz because um it, it attracted a lot of fans to it um relative to um what they were doing recently but um and then they had a show basically it was infused a lot of all japan women legends and i think part of that and for people who don't know dump matsumoto has a netflix series about her that's going to come out next year and um there's going to be heavy promotion for that and i think um because in japan this year there was a it was a netflix show called sanctuary that became that was about a sumo show have you have you seen it tim or you ever heard about it no, no, I have not. Um, you could you could check it out. It's I I I binge watched it one week and it's really good. Uh, but it became like sort of a a viral hit in Japan, 
and um a lot of the wrestlers i know i know julia and micah were talking about it and nimichi marifuji was talking about it and other wrestlers were talking about it too um just just wrestlers but also just people in in japan period were talking about it and um if this dump matsumoto show gets um viral becomes pop as popular as sanctuary is i think bushiro was trying to position themselves um, to be next to Dump Matsumoto and have her, um, basically have a spotlight on stardom. They, they brought in Dump Matsumoto in, um, for a couple of shows. Um, <laughs> she could barely walk, but <laughs> they brought yeah. her in just to, just to work a couple of matches and, um, and basically, and basically hopefully get some shine off of that, off of that, um, show that's going to come up. Um, cause I think it's going to be a big show, um, what they're for, for what's, it's been going on for almost two years now, the, the, the production, I know the production got slowed down because, um, the main actress, I forgot her name, but she's really popular too. Um, she got hurt, um, during, during the filming outfit, but, um, I think it's going to be a big hit. Um, I could be wrong, but, and, but I think Bushi wrote and Harada specifically was trying to position himself to carry favor with, you know, Dump and, and, um, you know, Chigizum Gayo and all the people that are from All Japan Women, um, just to get, just to sit next to him and say, Hey, this is stardom. You know, we're the biggest, um, women's promotion now. Cause you know how people are going to, they're going to watch this show. Kind of like, kind of what Glow happened. You know what happened with Glow? You know, Glow happened yeah, yeah. on Netflix and, and then, um wow wow came about you know <laughs> you right. know wow came about so i think stardom's trying to do that so um but yeah you had those string of shows that happened and i think it kind of attributed to that and and displeasure amongst the the wrestlers and um it's funny that ever since harada has been ousted um you know julian um gave an interview and it's been translated basically voicing her displeasure what happened in um Milano Collection AT who's a trainer um he said he wasn't able to train um most of the first year wrestlers and the rookies because um as we'll probably get into it there's been the debut of three um rookies and there I know there's two other rookies that are training in the dojo right now and he said that they've, he was basically able to train them, um, basically once or twice. And then they've been on the road ever since. So, right. so yeah, so it hasn't, hasn't been the best situation for stardom, but, um, they continue to roll on there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of, a lot of things have going on with stardom. Right. It's, you know, there's the argument about like that they have the big kind of corporate overlord company that they can get away with just kind of continuing to run shows even if it's not the most profitable but they seem to be doing pretty well in some metrics right i, I can't imagine that they're just like losing money hand over fist um but they are also probably trying to you know they're trying to squeeze as much juice out of the lemon as they can by running as many shows as they do and and we kind of already talked about it. it's like too many shows it's people being rushed through the system too fast um you know, Bushi Road. There was the idea that Bushi Road sent that edict to New Japan that they wanted to see something similar with how fast they were getting wrestlers 
through the training onto onto the shows and making them into marketable stars, right? And stardom kind of does that as you talked about. They're way too quickly. Um, in some ways, they're not giving girls time to train. Um, you could even look to like, kind of talking about the injuries and talking about like what are they like. One of the major ones, I guess, based on kind of the way that I've heard it presented, one of the ones that really does sound like a dangerous, really bad uh, injury was the Lady C injury, right? And that is one where it is like, okay, how much training did she really get? Because it seemed like she came from out of nowhere and then they were just talking about how tall she is. And then she's like being presented like on the main shows and wrestling a pretty heavy schedule. And she really did not seem like she got a ton, ton of time to train. Um, so I'm not saying that that's why whatever happened, but it is, you know, that's the kind of stuff that can happen. Um, so, and that doesn't help when you're already having, you know, other injuries from the wear and tear and the long-term running. And then you're also getting rookies getting hurt really quick because maybe they're just not up to how much they're being asked to do so quickly. Right. Um, but as you said, stardom rolls on <laughs> and, uh, and it, I guess it is what it is. Um, I guess let's roll on to talking about this show a bit. Um, my number one, I had issue. I could not find the theoretically opening tag team match, Mina Shirakawa and Yuzuki taking on Hanako and uh, Miyu uh, Ama- Amasaki. I just yep. did not see this match on the show. I did not see it anywhere. Uh, where? How did I miss it? Where was it? It was on... Again, we were talking about live stream. Um, <laughs> it was on their pre-show live stream on YouTube. So if you go back, I would say usually I usually skip the, these. Um, but if you go back and yeah. watch, because I'm, you know me, I'm in, I'm in the bag for me to share cow. Just how yeah. good she works. Um, this was a pretty good match because I like I like Hanako. I've I've liked her since her debut early this year on the New Blood Premium Show. Um, I think she's they kind of invited her to take the role for Hameka, um, because Hameka gave her the JP Coaster finisher. Um, she's still, still a work in progress, but she's, um, really good for a work for a rookie. And she's probably the biggest, um, rookie, the biggest wrestler they have, period. Um, other than Megan Bain, Megan Bain's a hoss, but, um, and then Yuzuki, Yuzuki literally debuted maybe two weeks ago. Um, but she's really, really good. Um, she had a match against her debut match was against uh, Momo Watanabe on the New Blood West show. And that show, if you want to check it out, that is for free on YouTube. Again, if you got, you have to click the live tab um, for their Stardom Live, Stardom live uh, stream. So if you check that out, both of those are on the EOD if you want to check it out. But um, this, the opening match was really, really, I, I, won't, I won't say really, really good, but um, for two rookies, it was pretty, pretty darn good. Um, Amasaki, I think, is taking a step back it's when we talk about the training and stuff. She's she's kind of dealt with injuries or, or missed some shows, but um, I think she's kind of taken a step back a little bit, but she's, um, but she's kind of getting getting into the groove of, of wrestling regularly, but um, you know, Mina Mina basically took, basically um, for the first half of the match uh, she was basically on the outside you know, you, you could see her on the outside, you know, talking to fans and stuff she was not really engaged with it and Yuzuki, <laughs> and Yuzuki was, was basically taking most of the match so, but by the end she got, she got into it and um, they kind of set up, because there's been a string now 
Um, I've I've kind of noticed there's been a string of matches booked on the house shows that um, were kind of interesting that didn't really interest me during during the year that um, you know Mina kind of sets up a thing with Hanako and then um, this weekend she faced Hanako. Um, there's been a string of like singles matches like Julia faced Megan Bain. Um, like I said, Mina versus Hanako, Yuzuki versus Starlight Kid, Yuzuki versus My Sakurai, um, Mina versus Tekla. Like just certain house show matches getting like um, singles matches that we haven't really seen um, in the last in the that are kind of like outside the box that you really think that oh they would save them for big shows, but they're really not. So um, just another <laughs> thing that I've kind of noticed since. You know, I think we all kind of say like, you know, Rossi's, um, you know, Rossi's the head booker and stuff, but you could kind of tell that, um, and it's been kind of whispered about that Harada, uh, the previous president, he had his hands kind of on the booking. Um, it wasn't just, um, Rossi Ogawa, you know, but, but who knows? It might be Rossi kind of feeding stuff to the press, you know, <laughs> because I know sure. Rossi is, press friendly so he might be getting in front of stuff but um it might might not be because um you know with julia and milano they're, they're all trying to like almost almost they were all the moment that harada gets ousted they're all talking to the media so uh right, just right. playing that kind of interesting you know for them so but yeah, yeah, if you have time, uh, check out this tag team match. I want, yeah, I wanted to watch it. and I even was looking for it, and I, it is under the live tab. I realized because it's it's shown as like a pre-show, um, and it's not just the match. So that's what kind of threw me off. I think I was looking for just the match posted on there, um, but it's a pre-show, and it doesn't necessarily say you know just this match or whatever. So that's why yeah. I missed it. Um, so the first thing I saw was Ruaka taking on uh, my Sakurai. Um, Solid opening match. Um, seems like, you know, obviously, again, they're like kind of resetting things. Um, so I don't know if there is much to it, but it did kind of feel like maybe there's something to like my Sakurai is getting, you know, getting built up here. Um, somewhat felt like kind of getting, you know, not a huge win, but some kind of win to, uh, to to set her up to do something <laughs> moving forward, right? Um, yeah. Obviously, obviously that does come out of it, uh, somewhat out of it. But uh, either way, like uh, kind of thinking like, okay, well, you got a lot of open spots and and places that you need filled, so you might as well do <laughs> do something, right? I guess if that makes sense. Um, but uh, but otherwise, I mean, decent, you know, opening to the show match. Um, but yeah, what did you what did you think of this one? Uh, same same with the, with this. It was just a decent little match like there was nothing nothing special to it i know mike sakurai she's gotten over with her you know her her basically pompous arrogant um you know i don't know what to call it <laughs> highfalutin gimmick i don't know what sure, it's sure. called but yeah, um kind of thing yeah yeah like a posh gimmick because um um on the cork and hall show that just happened um that crowd put this this Aichi crowd to shame. Like I this crowd in Aichi um was pretty bad. It was pretty quiet. Whereas in Korokin they were pretty loud and when um my Sakurai she tagged with Julia in her match, um immediately when she gets in the ring, um the crowd is chanting S Cargo, S Cargo. 
because she <laughs> she has like a local she has a okay. deal yeah she has a deal with like a local um a local restaurant where they you know they sell escargot and um like sort of like this my sakurai like um a dish that they've kind of dubbed with okay. all this other stuff yeah so um yeah she's just it's weird she's getting over with this posh posh um gimmick you know and she gets on the mic and just yells um just yells things like all the you commoners and all this kind of all, kind of like like rick rude and um you know uh steve you william regal stuff like that but you know the fans love her um it's kind of weird but it's 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 funny that she's gotten over with this with this uh rich rich girl posh gimmick you know she's wearing these elaborate hats these french hats and stuff like that but it's getting over uh it's it's you need you need um you need wrestlers like that just on your undercard but sure. um yeah so that's ba- that's basically it like with, a meme wrestler. My, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um either way uh follow this up i think actually a solid tag team match here with the stars of uh, what is it wing gory team wing gory Anon yeah. and Saida taking on Cosmic Angels team of uh Sari Anu and uh Yuna Mizanori or Mizamori. Um I guess Jay, what did you think about this one? Um again, decent match, decent undercard match. I was surprised that Wingori lost because they're the new blood tag team champs. Um they recently sure. just won it. So it makes it makes more sense later on in the show, but it also doesn't make sense in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just a just a okay match. Um, sure. Yeah, we, I like Wingori. They have a lot of personality. Um, Soriano is, I think, really really good. Uh, you know, not really good, but she's you know, I shouldn't say really really good. She's good. Um, she's got a good presence and all that. Uh, Mizumori, I don't know. She's very confusing to me. Seemed like she did not quite fit. Just kind of there. Took an ass kicking. Blah blah blah. Seemed like she got clowned on. Kind of mocked and made fun of by her tag team partner. Then by the other team. And the post match was interesting because you talked about that with the the thing. And uh, Mizumori doesn't seem to get the the thing. Like she's kind of doing the championship belt gesture, but she's actually literally just grabbing her real belt her and being like, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> He's like showing her the title and and it did make you make question because it is like okay they just beat them i mean i know that they're the new blood tag team titles or whatever but it is like they just beat you for these fucking you know they just beat these tag team champions like what but and they're just absolutely not interested in the tag team titles like mizamori like makes a slight reference to it but other than that it's like yeah it's clearly not on the docket that like oh now they're gonna get a tag team title shot so it does make you go like why even fucking point to the titles why even show them like you're just really making those titles look completely like like worthless yeah yeah i did laugh when she was she was pointing to her belt and then she was like oh i gotta fix my belt hold on (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah Yeah. um call it up high speed title match we've got uh thecla challenging may sarah um and maybe i'm not following enough maybe you know maybe i'm just i'm not as deep into the stardom thing but i hear people talking about like may sarah as the possibly the mvp of stardom right now um just maybe like the workhorse kind of champion here and that and maybe part of it too is comparing her to like someone like azumi who had such an epic high-speed title run um 
And, you know, it's Thecla who is, you know, maybe not the best worker in the world, but I think it definitely fills her role super well. But I don't know. I didn't quite see it to like this idea that she's I'm not saying that she's bad. I'm not saying Mace is bad. I'm just saying I don't really see being like, oh, she's actually the most talented wrestler on the in the in the company, as I hear some people trying to present it. That feels that really does feel like one of those forced like I'm just trying to have a take kind of thing um, and not necessarily like really warranted. But. But that said, like solid match, um, but really does not hit the level of what I expect from a high speed title match, if that makes sense. Um, a lot more slowed down, a lot more just whatever. And I'm not even saying that that's bad. That doesn't make a match bad. That isn't this and that. But then now I feel like we're missing the point of why do you have a high speed title um, if a defense in a title match is going to come across like this, where it's just a it just becomes like a lower mid card championship it doesn't necessarily have it feel like it has a unique division or a unique setting of its own. Right. Um, you get Thecla doing a, a timeout in the middle of the match to get a water bottle, then using a water bottle as a weapon. It just, to me, it just feels like you're absolutely kind of devalue, miss the point of the, of the championship, but you know, otherwise like Maysera's stuff and the finish was solid, but, uh, but yeah, just to me did not, uh, didn't knock it out of the park here. Um, I totally agree when you're talking about Maceira, like having, you know, that take being the MVP, it's kind of forced. Um, if you watch the Gold Rush show, um, uh, where she's facing Momo Hanazako, Hanazono, excuse me, um, she, the crowd's not into her. Like, she's getting nothing. And it's same thing here. Like, when Tekla came out, the crowd was like, open hollering, whereas, you know, she comes out with the balloons and, you know, the wrist tape given to fans and whatnot. It's just like, okay, whatever. You know, she's a good wrestler, but um, a lot of fans don't care. Whereas, um, I, in the back of my mind, I thought maybe they would have done a title switch with Tekla. Um, you know, Tekla's been, it's been a weird case with Tekla. Um, last, last, ever since she debuted, like, you thought that she was going to get a big push, and she kind of did when she won um, the SWA title. Then she dropped it to Mayu. Mayu stopped defending, you know, release, relinquished the title. Um, so that was, I think that belt should be brought back, especially now that you have foreigners on full time now. Um, but with Tekla, she got hurt right before the five star. And it's, it feels like she almost fell out of favor. Whereas um, she's been consistent. She hasn't really missed any shows. And with Tekla, you know, for me, like you said, she's not she's not the best wrestler, but um, to me, she looks like a star. She acts like a star. Um, she had a new look this this um, this pay per view. Um, she's constantly, I think she um, presents herself as a major player, even though she does get treated like one. Um, and I think that might bite Starnum in the ass. Um, especially if it comes to contract time and like i th- i'm not saying that she'll go to wwe or AEW or anything like that in the near future but i think you need to start pushing her the way that rossi start rossi did when she came in last year um and not with this high speed title but like yeah like i know she's 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 part of the trios championship with with my and uh, Julia, but I think she needs to be a bigger um, star for the promotion. 
and that does kind of i was going to ask is there is there anything that's like more to the relationship with her and julia because they tag and you know obviously they're in the unit together and the way but it feels like they're presented like they're you know at least somewhat friendly like is there anything to that or do you know if that's ever been like behind the scenes if they're friendly because it does seem odd that you wouldn't push her stronger when you've got this situation with julia and it's kind of like you know a lot of times the companies will treat your friends better to keep you happy right yeah yeah and basically she got like they they date back their friendship started in Ice Ribbon um, yeah. years ago, probably around 20, 2019 or 2017, I would say, around that time period. Because um, Tekla, she was really, really young into her career. I just, it's funny, I, I just listened to an interview with her um, recently, and she, she only had like five matches or something like that, some insane amount of matches for going, going to Ice Ribbon. <laughs> so um i don't know how that worked out but um yeah and she met tecla i mean tecla met her um and they've kind of been friends and uh she said that you know you know it's a lot easier for her now that she learned japanese that she could you know talk and stuff like that and, they, and, and you see her on social media they they hang out and stuff like that so yeah. um yeah it's kind of surprising that she doesn't get pushed more um but yeah, like, um, if Julia's on the outs, you know, I don't, you know, everybody's speculating on her contract status, but like, someone like Tekla, I would kind of keep one eye open also. Like, it's not, sure. it's not just cut and dry, you know, um, maybe the injury maybe spooked, um, Rossi to push her higher, but, um, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um. Either way, follow this up. Six man tag team title match. Uh, Oedo Tai, um, team of uh, Momo, um, Tora and Starlight Kid taking on the God's Eye team of uh, Ami Sorai, uh, Shuri and the is it Wonder Stardom champion Mirai? Is yep. That the title that she has. I know the I know the color. I don't. I forget the name. Um. I guess, I, yeah, Jay, what were your thoughts on this uh, trios match here? And then... uh, it's a decent match. I know that's set up sure. for something later, but that's that's kind of like the kind of in the theme for the show. It's just like, it's sure. like decent, just okay undercard matches, you know? Um, right. Nothing that really blows you, blows you away. Um, and it's kind of set up for, like you mentioned before, um, at the end of the, end of the match, um, uh, Soriano, she rolled in into the ring and challenged Mirai because um, they had a three-minute time limit draw at Gold Rush, so they're trying to set up uh, the rematch for uh, the Sumo Hall show that's coming up at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, a solid match. I thought this was a weird one because, like, you know, to me, I think this was a match that was kind of glaring in some ways when it just came to, like, presentation and character and 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 kind of shows like something that used to be very strong for stardom is like not as strong as it used to be the mm -hmm. god's eye team just really just looks so nondescript just doesn't have not even just that they don't have cohesion because they all kind of look similar in their gear now but they just don't 
I can't tell what makes them any different than any other unit or any other, you know, vi- like the vibe of it. Um, Shuri's gear, like her look is just more like normal. She used to like kind of stand out and have her own thing. Mirai kind of looks better. That I think her presentation is better since she's won the championship. But like, again, just kind of looks nondescript. There's nothing really unique that stands out about her. So they're just kind of all there. And then on the other side, kind of in a similar vein, the thing that kind of hit me and I was just kind of like, what's going on here is Starlight Kid. Like, I know she was like the new blood tag team champion for a while, which to me doesn't feel like it makes any sense. Um, And just kind of like, I'm just thinking and I'm looking at how talented she is, how over she is, everything about her. And like, it feels like this heel run that felt like it was like just going to be this weird little like bump in the road thing has been going on for like way too long. Yeah, it's Um, almost two years now. (laughs) Yeah, it felt like it was just like, a oh, hey, isn't it so shocking Starlight Kid's going to be a heel? And I'm just kind of like, okay, like, when are we going to get back to it? Because, you know, Starlight Kid was so young when she started all this, but she's, she's, you know, getting old. She's getting older. And she's really good. She's really over. And maybe it's time to, like, switch that flip, flip the switch. And turn her back babyface and be ready to run with her on top. Because I think that she could be. And, like, instead she's still just kind of doing this. And, like, Uotai feels like a unit that's completely served its purpose. It's absolutely does not need to be around anymore. And she's just kind of there in the group. And, like, maybe she's the best wrestler of the group. But she's I don't feel like she's presented, like, the top star. And I talked about she's, like, doing the new blood stuff. It's just, it's so weird. Because it's like, yeah, the God's Eye unit just feels like, so just nothing and and stardom sim used to be really good to make sure that every unit had like its own personality and then starlight kid feels like she's just being absolutely completely wasted in a group where she doesn't fit and that's another thing that like they didn't really not that she doesn't fit but like that's not you're not getting the most out of her there yeah um, yeah because it was weird because yeah. last year she was she was made in cork and hall shows like she was high speed champion like she was getting um white belt title matches i think she got yeah and it was just it's weird now like it's been the complete opposite this year like they really de-emphasized her in the final star grand prix i think she had like four four points the whole tournament so yeah it's just been a really weird year for her like compared to last year where you thought like oh okay like i could see where they're pushing they're gonna push her to like her and azumi to be the, the the top wrestlers in the, in the promotion the next couple of years. And that right. hasn't been the case. Yeah. No. Um, and then, yeah, the, 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 at the post-match, it was interesting because this, during this match, I noticed them cutting to cutting to Mina on commentary. And I hadn't really noticed before. I thought maybe she had just came out, but she was out there earlier. Um, and it kind of knew that like, I had read like some preview thing talking about that Mirai challenger could be coming out of this match or this setting. And then I was kind of like, okay, like, could they do Mina challenging? And that's why she's out there. Because like after, you know, after the finish, it did not feel like the idea was that anybody from Orotai was going to be challenging her. Um, mm-hmm. You know, no one gets the pin. Um, it really just feels like it's over. I'm like, okay, maybe the angle is going to be that Mina comes out from commentary, right? That's why they were showing her. That's why she's there. And no, it's not. It's a, uh, it's a uh, Soriano comes out. And just challenges her basically, and they're gonna get the match. And it's not like super, you know, dry. Whatever. What do you expect? Someone just comes out and challenges. But yeah, it just really felt like 
kind of boring and just whatever. And, and it'll probably be a pretty solid match. But yeah, it did not feel super um, exciting, I'll say, for the uh, for that challenge there. Um, I think you kind of gave your thoughts on it. But did you have anything else you wanted to say about the post match? Um, that's, that's it. I have to go back and rewatch, uh, the 30 minute time limit draw. I know some people are raving sure. about it. So, um, so just to get prep for, for, right. um, Sumo Hall, which that show is, um, it's, it's quietly being stacked, but we'll talk, I guess we'll talk about right. it at the yeah, end. Yeah, might as well. Um, Nanai Takahashi takes on in a UWFI rules match, uh, the, um, Alice Inc. from WXW, mm-hmm. uh, Scandinavian Hurricane here in uh, Stardom. Um, you know, solid. Uh, we, we've talked about Alice Inc. on the podcast before in WXW. Um, she's pretty good at what she does. Uh, feels like a weird way to introduce her to Stardom and present her with losing mixed martial arts matches back to back. Um, picking up some wins on basically house shows, but primarily just losing these UWFI rules matches is how you've presented her. Um, doesn't really quite make sense. The finish was sick. The the two spinning back elbows looked really good. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, <laughs> Alice Inc. Is, is solid for the setting. Uh, Nanai is, is good in this setting. Um, and then after this, we get... Uh, Alice Inc. <laughs> Scandinavian Hurricane is a weird name. I don't know if they're going to stick with that. Um, kind of tagging with God's Eye. And in a way, I guess you would make sense in that unit because they, like I said, they kind of feel like they're missing a personality right now. But I guess the biggest backbone you could say is that they're kind of MMA inspired as a group. They're kind of uh, real martial artists kind of group. Um, so she would fit in there. And maybe that could be kind of the story that you tell that she should have been able to do something in these matches, but she didn't have she was not like fully uh, acculturated into the stardom, you know, scene yet. And then now like having teaming up with Shuri could help get her better or whatever. Um, either way, like I said, solid match, quick, good for what it was, but uh, n- nothing crazy. Did you have any bigger thoughts on this? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I kind of enjoyed this match. Um, um, and I think when you talk about Alice, she's been, She's been okay um, with stardom. Um, there's only been one match I didn't like, and that was, ironically, it was a match with Tekla, um, where there's a double countout at the the, Cork, the recent Corican show. I I didn't particularly care for that match, but um, I think she's been okay and um, a welcome addition to stardom. And um, I think she's going to stay for a little bit. Um, you know, he's talking about teaming her with God's Eye and then being martial arts based uh, with Siri and her and, um, you know, Konami's kind of like a part timer with, with stardom. I know she's doing Tsukaban literally tonight. Um, um, but yeah, like I'm interested to see if like you said how dry God's Eye is. I'm interested to see if they will add anybody else because, um, I know Janai Kai is sort of does stuff like part time with Gleet and is in a faction in a unit already, but um right. usually with Gleet, um and we just and we kinda saw it with uh with Kodobushi and, and even Nanai, who we're talking about Nanai, she did this also, but there's been other wrestlers that will go to Gleet, will leave one promotion, go to Gleet, do a couple of shows and then 
go to another promotion, so full time. So um, maybe because I know Janai did TJPW and earlier in the year, so maybe if they were to add someone, um, Janai Kai coming into stardom and work, working with Gods, I she'd be a, a decent fit with for them. Um, but I don't yeah. know if they're going to add any more foreigners, but um, we will see. But I think okay. she would be. Yeah, I think she'll be. She would be a good fit. If she would be able to come in, but, um, but yeah, that's basically, that's basically it. When you know, it's it is kind of weird the booking with the the back to back losses for the UWF rules matches. Um, you know, I, I kind of chalk it up as just lazy, lazy booking because like, um, this is kind of the formula for the last couple of years with Shiri, like. Um, late in the year, they'll run out of options. They'll start doing U- EWFI matches. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, I just chalk it up to Lisa Booking, Rai Rossi. So, that's fair. That's fair. Um, follow this up. We get the New Japan Strong Women's title, which feels like it shouldn't even exist anymore. Julia defending against Azumi. Um, what, uh, what were your thoughts on this match here? Um, it <laughs> for one, this match would have uh pissed off Sam because <laughs> there was like at least four different Canadian destroyers in this match. Um, but but yeah, uh, this match was it was interesting to see because um, you know, Azumi hasn't had uh enough big matches, I would say, um, against. Like the the top top wrestlers in Starnum, I know everybody points to the Shiri matches, but they kind of have a really good chemistry. Um, whereas with um, Julia, I won't say they had bad chemistry. They won't say they have a bad chemistry, but they were just um, it was just a styles clash at times that really worked well, but also worked um, kind of awkward at times. But I thought overall it was a it was a good match. Um, I'd say if Again, this this crowd was so bad, but um, I'd say if you brought Julia and Azumi over to a New Japan strong, actual proper show, um, this this would have probably been one of the best matches on the show. Um, but for this, it was just kind of it was it was good, but I don't know, it just didn't hit another gear for me. Um, in terms of uh, like the, the like the better Azumi matches, like. In terms of the top wrestlers she's had, you know, she's gone up against like Atami in the five star or, or the Siri matches, like I said before. So, um, good match, but I, I was kind of disappointed by this. Yeah, it it kind of suffered from. <laughs> I hate to even say this because I think Julia is much, much, much better. Um, like uh, the Sonata syndrome, and it's obviously not like something that's new to Sonata, and it's existed in wrestling for a long time. But he's just kind of the most current worst at this it's like a top person who feels the need to wrestle matches where they try to show that they can wrestle like do the same thing as their opponent but better um and this <laughs> really felt like you were kind of trying to do let's stick julia into a high speed title match against azumi um and have her kind of do that and she did i think she did a better job of it than like like a, when I say like a Sonata would do where like she still wrestled like a Julia style match 
and it was not like a full-on high-speed match but it was quick and like you said it had a bunch of fucking crazy spots canadian destroyers apron bumps all of that but like high-flying apron bumps things like that that just felt a lot more like a you're trying to do put julia do like a hybrid of the two style which i guess makes sense um in a lot of ways but it did feel like they kind of went a little bit too far into that and a little bit less into giving like a satisfying story for the match for me. Um, that said, I mean, the spots, the moves, the stuff kicked ass. Um, the rolling Azumi Sushi spot leading into the finish, I thought was really cool. Um, and then the finish itself, I thought was great. And I continue to enjoy Julia having a very strong protected finish using the Northern Lights driver uh, as her as her move and her kill her killing weapon um, i i am enjoying that so all in all like i think i'm with you solid um this next match i think was kind of the to me weirdly like the most anticipated match on the show that presented very big it's the semi-main event but you got the two returning uh from injury stars returning to being a tag team after having diversions of both having big time title reigns uh, the Aphrodite team, Saya Kamatani and Utami Hayashishida, taking on this new, newly-ish form tag team. Micah, you know, obviously needing a replacement tag team partner after Hemeka retirement. And she gets Megan Bain, who's, as you talked about, the Haas and the monster and really comes across super well in that. And, you know, they're going for the goddesses of stardom tag team or tag team titles that are vacated here. Winners are the champions. Divine Kingdom coming in here. I heard reported whatever. I read something that said Megan Bain claiming that this is their first defense of the tag team titles and they are already champions, which I appreciated. Um, and I thought that this absolutely delivered for all the buildup and all the hype that I was hoping for. I think that the Aphrodite situation is incredibly neat. Like I was talking about, they're kind of laying it out. Like it's so cool to have this tag team that hasn't been together in for so long. Um, they both kind of went off and prove themselves to be top stars and have these epic title reigns and then come back together to reform the tag team. Like, I just think that's so, so cool. Such a neat thing that you can only get in companies that, you know, have long-term storytelling, have units that exist for so long, you know, rosters that stick around for so long that you're able to do something like this. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, that said, I thought that the match was worked almost perfectly for everyone's characters involved. Megan Bain being the power. Um, Utami repeatedly trying to stand up to her, but just not having it there. Um, Kamatani coming in at the perfect times to play like almost like a support character to help her, but it's not enough. Megan Bain just absolutely wrecking shit. Um, Micah, you know, coming in to equally be badass but sell and kind of play the the smaller character who can actually bump and sell for utami's power um get out you know get outshined in the speed department by uh kamatani yeah i just i thought that this was great um like i said it really delivered for a big epic encounter matchup that makes the title feel like it's able to you know be be strong again after having to be vacated and I thought that the finish was great because it played off of all the stuff I was talking about with the history. You've got, you know, a tag team that's new, not just thrown together, but doesn't have that history. Um, and they have a miscommunication spot and that directly leads to the finish against the much more established long-term tag team who've been 
in a stable for a long time, but all that, like, I just thought perfect way to end it. Perfect way to cap the whole thing off. Great match. Hopefully reestablish these tag team titles because you put them on, like I talked about an established tag team, but also two big time single stars now as tag team champions. I, I, I really, really liked this. I think for me, it was the match of the, of the show. It was also the most hyped match of the show and being able to deliver on that hype. I thought puts it over the top. Um, I agree. <laughs> I, I would say probably this and the main event were, were tied as the best matches on the show. But um, yeah, I totally agree with everything you said about this match. Um, really liked um, that, you know, you talked about the storylines intersect, intersecting with each other. Like with Utami, she brought in Megan Bain. So, you know, that's kind of like a happy accident because I don't think, you know, Rossi or whoever booked that kind of playing that out but you have utami bringing in megan bain utami having the long rivalry with micah and then utami you know and saya coming back together after having uh the dissension earlier in the year and then you know reuniting for tonight and then you know basically making up during the cage match um which is probably i'm just i was looking over the cage match um i'll go over actually look over my list of like the the top matches of the year and I'm probably gonna have that cape the 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 unit um cage match um probably in my top ten. I was that that damn good. But um back to this match, I thought it was really good and um kind of established um like you said, established the you know, established team back, um having having the tag tiles back and um with this it gives you leeway whatever if they're gonna if they don't put the belt red belt on Micah you could actually gives you a way to have a rematch down the road with Divine Kingdom. Um, I really like the tag team with Divine Kingdom. Um, they were they were a pleasant surprise watching them during tag league, and you know just <laughs> some of the the, the the killer spots like the the like the double power bomb into each other. Just just good shit overall. Um, I think Megan. Um, I know people were going crazy like a month ago about her status you know, being signed to AEW and whatnot. Um, if she leaves um, and goes to AEW, um, it goes goes to AEW to wrestle full-time, um, her run in stardom is the blueprint to how to book her and how to present her. I think she's done a really good job. Um, for someone that I wasn't familiar with, but I heard a lot about um, on the independent circuit, I know... Um, JD from Retro Relief Retrocast, he seen a lot of her because she works a lot of the um, Northeast in terms of the New England area um, and kind of praised her for that. And um, she's done a good job. And I, I'm really just see if she stays um, another six months because I think she debuted, I would say, around September of this year. So um, she, she stays another another six months i think she'll have uh she'll be able to challenge for you know do another red belt challenge or keep the tag team going i i like this tag team with divine kingdom i really do um it's been a breath breath of fresh air for 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 the tag scene and and then getting aphrodite back i think you could run this back again definitely agree with with that um speaking of megan bain i meant to i meant to mention that actually like just how people are really appreciating her and and I honestly, it's funny because when she first showed up in stardom and I kind of checked out what she was doing and I heard how much people were praising her, I was honestly a little bit like, like, 
taken aback because I was really high on Megan Bain. Um, I was praising her ever since I think I remember her having a match with Max the Impaler on a Beyond show that you mentioned. Um, and I was I really put that over um, both of them over quite a bit. And it's kind of cool to see Max doing so well over in TJPW right now. Mm-hmm. And Megan showing up here and being so over in stardom um, around the same time. You know, when I was, I kind of thought both of them were like really doing something special um, like three, four years ago uh, in that match that they had. And um, and I was just kind of like, oh, no, like she's not where she was at before. Like, I just was like, I don't know why people are going crazy. Like, she was so much better than this, um, you know, and off the injury, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, she's here. She looked great. Like she just looked phenomenal and she's definitely getting it. So now I definitely see why people were, were up on uh, kind of going up on this run. This was a great run. Like you talked about, this is the way to present her. This is the way to book her. The divine kingdom tag team, happy accident, whatever it was, you know, fantastic, really cool team. So I definitely agree with everything that you said there when you were already agreeing with me, look at me, look at what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. Who knows what's going to happen with Megan. If she's going to get signed, it'll be a bummer. Cause yeah, we won't get to see this tag team anymore, but even so, like you get the post match, what a tie come out and challenge. Um, and with Aphrodite being the star power that they have, being the presenter that they are, and then the quality of this match, like even something like that that just kind of feels like a throwaway tag team challenge is still worthwhile because you've got the star power and it's still like, oh, I'll check it out. You know, I don't mind. So uh main event, kind of you talked about it. I gave the the semi-main my clear match of the night you referenced that it could be either of these um i'm not saying that i dislike this match because i do think it was really good it's easily the second best match on the show but i think it's clearly to me the second best match on the show um that's it's still really good but but jay give your thoughts on uh the world the world of stardom title match or title challenge match theoretically right the rumor is this was supposed to be a world of stardom title match but injuries and all that changed that story um, there's a lot of drama in the background because of that. You talked about it with Micah in the semi-main. What's going on there? Um, it almost feels like it's, you know, is it predicting it? Because how could Micah not win the tag team titles there? And then she's going to turn around and also not win the World of Stardom title. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Then we're really getting to Goto territory um, in a bad way for Micah there. But uh, the World of Stardom title challenge match suzu suzuki defending her right to challenge for the title against Suzuki and uh, jay what were your thoughts on this match after i've pontificated on all the machinations around it uh this match was a really really good match um i'd say tied for the tag matches the the best the two best matches of the night um if if I had to pick one match, it'd probably be the, probably be with you in the tag match. But this is really, really good too. Um, Suzu again, I praised her before. Really great wrestler, and um, you know, have heard Suzuki just came out. Um, Suzuki always, ever since she's came back from her mini retirement, um, has been really, really good. And um. You know, uh, what was it? The, the match had all star grand cream. She, it seemed like the tag match she had there kind of got her to a different level. Um, just in terms of over and popularity. And this match, she was giving most of the cheers. And, but, and I'm glad that, you know, now I won't say COVID's, um, it's gone, but now you can see with, you know, with COVID, you know, decrease so much that now they, 
you're able to crowd brawl and that's what they were doing. They're throwing each other in the chairs and stuff like that. And, um, just Zuki was able, you know, Zuki and Suzu were just able to match each other's because, um, you know, Suzu has a rough, rugged style, even though how small she is, but Azuki, it's kind of the same thing, but she was able to mix the aerial stuff, um, throughout this match. And, um, but yeah, I really like this match. It felt more like a five star GP match than just like a right to challenge match. Like, like something, it felt like a league, league style match that you would see during the summer instead of something, instead of like a big epic, um, closing match, which it's, it could be a breath of fresh air, but also, um, I think some people were expecting more, but, but, no matter, besides the point, I think this is really, really good match, and um, it, I would say check it out if you have a chance, because Suzu's great, Suzuki's great, <laughs> what can you say? Yeah, and you hit a point in there that I, I wanted, meant to bring up, and I and uh, I strongly agree with what you talked about, which is that the, the matchup is kind of perfect, because out of anyone in stardom to really kind of bring out the the craziness of Suzuki's background and style, you know, it's like, even if it didn't get into like deathmatch territory, like the unhinged nature of Suzuki can be was kind of perfect um, where she matched her with the brawling and just the out of control, chaotic nature of the match. Like the stuff with her and Julia kind of talked about, like it's more of the you know strong style that they go toe to toe with, like mm-hmm. just kind of that. But this again, the more chaotic, more wild, more out of control. I thought was a better matchup there, um, and definitely really really enjoyed that. Um, but then also still having nice looking holds on the mats, stuff that just looked excruciatingly painful. The drama, uh, the sense of urgency in the selling, kind of constantly, you know, looking to escape. Big moves. Um, and I, the finish, I like, are kind of yeah part of the finish. The 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 rolling Germans, the 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 bridging flipping German that that Suzu done. Like, even the way that she did that, like, because um, in the past she just kind of would do those that spot those the the Germans like that so quickly, and she kind of like sold the 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 wearing down nature of it. It was not as smooth, not as quick, not as you know snappy. Just more of like going for it uh gets the the flip over german still gets the kick out holds the control and hits the avalanche german for the for the pin really like enjoyed that finish big big finish big drama um really quick match everything on the show is like really quick which i appreciated there's nothing super long um even the even this big main event here but still felt uh satisfying as a big main event um just yeah incredibly 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 solid main event uh top two matches well worth the time could almost say top three, but the Julia Izumi match, I think, is very skippable. Um, just nothing there to really sink your teeth into. Not bad. And a good, like, case pattern for both of them, really. Like, something to add on to their case for where you end up with them on your Wrestler of the Year list. I think both of them could end up on someone's Wrestler of the Year list. Not in the top, but definitely, you know, make the top 50. Um, and this is a match that kind of goes, okay, yeah, well, remember that match? You know, it was really good. Like, it was really solid, um, and it was a lot of fun, and it was unique, but it wasn't super special, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, it was kind of the, the thing there. But the two main events, I think, were definitely well worth. Check these out. See what's going on. Um, 
I talked about the drama in the background. Um, oh, actually, before before I lead into that, um, I do want to say talk about Hazuki. Put her put her over quite a bit on here. Talk about how talented she is. Um, and just yeah, this this big challenge here was just another example of how how good Hazuki really is, and and really does not feel out of place in a main event setting like this, especially when you got someone like a like a Suzuki there um, to go toe to toe with her in the champion role. And like I said, speaking of that, the drama with the champion role situation here. Um, how do you feel about it? Because I don't know. Did heartbreak Tam? Did she lose her smile? Is that why she disappeared before she had to drop the belt? And <laughs> and does it? Uh, how do you feel about the idea that maybe Suzuki doesn't ever actually officially have a championship run because of this? Like personally, I think if you got to do the Mika match you got to pull the trigger and Micah probably needs to win the title. I don't think she can lose, even though in a weird way, this is not a challenge. So maybe it doesn't hurt her as much. She's not losing a challenge match as much. Um, but also it's, it feels bittersweet to say Suzu doesn't ever actually get the title ring. Could she get it down the line? I think so. And it does feel like Micah kind of needs it. So to me, I say like the only choice, the only option really is to just have Micah win the title, but, what do you think? What do you think about all of that? The situation going on here with the the championship and uh, and Suzu and Micah. It's 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 weird because at first I thought like, all right, they just need to go full steam ahead with with Suzu. Like I remember talking to you um, maybe a month ago. We were doing the PWI show, and I said that you know we'll we'll come back and talk about the Suzu. You know. I think it was the Gold Rush show that was supposed to happen. It was supposed to be Zuzu and Tam, which didn't happen because, <laughs> you know, Tam messed up her knee or what maybe messed up her knee. We don't know. <laughs> or, you know, it's been, it's been, it's funny how it's been speculated. Um, you know, some people, you know, I know, uh, um, there's been whispers that, um, certain producer in stardom, um, kind of said that, you know, someone might not be um, actually injured. <laughs> you know, maybe Tam is pulling to Shawn Michaels. We don't know, but... Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's out there. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I agree with it, but it's out there. Yeah, it's it's wrestling, you know. Um, but with, you know, with Suzu, um, it was kind of obvious that Suzu was going to win, win the red belt, you know, just as can just has a reset for what's going on this year. And, you know, with Suzu, you, you brought her in, you know, she's been a star in wrestling ever since she was a teenager, um, going dating back to ice ribbon. You know, she's not a, she's not some, some new person that they just plucked off. You know, they, they're starting off in the dojo, you know, to give her the super push, you know, Suzu has some cachet and, and is known um, from her work in Ice Ribbon and, and you know, deathmatch work she's done um, with prominence, you know, you know, Junkasai, you know, gifting her the, the crazy girl gimmick. Um, you know, it's, I think it's, it's, it's pretty obvious if you're a booker, given that you have to push her, but, Watching that final, the five star Grand Prix final with um, Suzu and Micah, and how insanely over Micah was, um, 
I'm, I'm, I'd still lean that you give Suzu the world title because, um, they're, again, Storm's going to roll on. Um, they they actually have a show on January the 4th earlier, you know, but right before the, 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 the Tokyo Dome show in New Japan, they're running Tokyo Dome City. So, um, again, Stardom is in a, is in a war, I guess, directly in a war against, um, TJPW, who usually for years they've run, um, January 4th at Cork and Hall. So now Stardom's running toe to toe and trying to squash TJPW, but you have that show. You have, um, they come back to Osaka, I believe, earlier in the year and Nagoya early in the year. So, but they have an attendance problem. They're, they have an attendance problem similar to what AEW is having. And it's kind of funny because AEW and, and stardom throughout the pandemic were growing. Um, but now, like recently, their attendance is being a problem. So, um, if you do this reset, I think with Micah, Micah is the most over, you know, in the company. Like we talked about, um, months before when, when crowds came back, were able to cheer. Um, you know, Micah and Emeka were the most over, um, wrestlers on the, on the shows. And it's, it's been consistent. And Micah is now the most popular. She gets the most popular reactions. Um, wherever she goes, you know, whether it's Nagoya or in Tokyo, you know, even both opposite sides of the country, she's, she's so popular. And it's not like, it's not, I think some people were, were kind of, um, making similarities to Jungle Kiona, which, um, I know for me, I'm a big jungle fan, but, um, you know, Jungles always had the reputation of being basically the Goto, the Hiroki Goto of stardom. I think with Micah, it's a little different because um, in the PR and the promotion of the company, she's always presented as a top star. Um, whenever, you know, dating back to All-Star Grand Queendom, um, the Yokohama Arena show, they got a sake deal, you know, alcohol deal, which um, is kind of intriguing because you don't usually see um, women's promotions getting alcohol deals. But Micah was the prime um, person to promote that, you know. Um, and I saw that news. I thought that was interesting. But um, And they did a little thing, I think, later in the year with um, – it was a match with Micah and uh, Utami where they were switching alcohol, you know, tasting, you're know, drinking alcohol with each other um, on a house show. But, um, you know, Utami, whenever it's like the beauty collaborations with the beauty salon um, deal that they have, she's always a part of it. Um, whether it's like um, this new, if you saw their opening of the show, this show, um, they have this pachinko machine and she's, she was opening up the show with, um, the commentators and, um, they're doing stuff on their YouTube page with her, um, with this, this pachinko machine that's like mixed with this video game, whatever. Like she's not like a just 
an undercard wrestler that like inter- internet fans love. Like it's actually, she's actually pushed, but not pushed enough. But we'll see. I don't know. Maybe day of the show, they'll hopefully change it. But I, I still think Suzu wins the red belt. But boy, if because um, this Suma Hall show, usually for the last couple of couple of times they've been in Suma Hall, they usually attract three or four thousand people to the show. If they they're able to do it with Micah, because uh, to be honest, you know, Julia, whether it's Julia during this year, it hasn't been that good you know with the attendance you know there's been you know for this this show it was you know julian azumi was a headline show headlining match um and then you have suzu and hazuki main eventing it it drew 952 people and this is dolphin this is um the dolphins arena which is usually for new japan it gets like four thousand people so um not good but if micah is able to Mike and Suzu were able to attract, you know, four, 3,000, 4,000 people to Sigma Hall. Um, they got to, you know, they got over 2,600, you know, at, at Yokohama Budokan, which is, which was the biggest show, biggest attendance, um, in that building, um, up to that point. And then the next night was the Crush Gals <laughs> kind of smashed it, which was kind of funny. But, um, if they, if Mike and Suzu are able to attract that, many people and i think they were able to do it just because um throughout the year stardom whenever it's the big shows um fans flock for the big shows kind of like with aew people will flock for the pay-per-views but for like the smaller shows they won't come um if they will do that then i you might have to make the switch and give it to micah because if micah becomes red belt champion um it'll probably bring back enthusiasm into the fan base into the japanese fan base and they'll come and and pay money to see micah as their top star so um me just talking about it now i'm more convinced i just convinced myself that micah needs to be red belt champion yeah Um, i mean i agree and and the stuff that you were hitting there it 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 also like it makes me believe it even more as you're talking about it like you talk about that comparison and to say that Micah is not like the, the go-to or whatever. I think a big part of it too is the, and you know, I, I've joked about that so much and it's, it's obviously there. I'm not like the most you know, brilliant person of all time. Like she looks and wrestles like, you know, like Goto in a lot of ways. Um, but a big part of it to show like the difference is there is a major re- refresh with the, with the retirement of Himeka. And like adding in the real life drama and then the re, you know, the refresh of her look and, and the way that she presented herself, like it's time to pull the trigger because like you said, it's not just internet fans. Oh, she's over with this crowd or whatever. Like that real life drama of having her, you know, tag team partner, longtime friend retire and basically be like, you have to continue on to, 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 with your career for us, for me, like that's real emotion that draws real depth and real fans and real, you know, drawing ability. Like, you know, people can say it seems scummy or whatever. You're playing off of a real life injury, blah, blah, blah. But like, that's how wrestling is. Wrestling is kind of scummy in that way. And yeah, that's like the big difference. She's not just, oh, it's just this thing that's like kind of a cult popular, you know, whatever, but she could never be a top star. Like, no, like that kind of real emotional connection is what makes someone an actual top star. And yeah. that's a big difference now for her and her character. 
Yeah, and I wish Alex was on the call with us. She would have probably pointed to, you know, escrow relationships. You know, it's 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 yes, been like yes, that. yes, that's a good it's point. Been, it's been it's been like that since the dawn of what all Japan women. It's like you know these relationships that have connected with people. You know, even though like a lot of the starting fan base is male, like they still respect it. Like these, these women with these interpersonal relationships, lesser extent Aphrodite with, uh, with, with Sai and Tommy, like that was another, another one that carried the drama for it. So again, like that, you know, real, real emotions, real storylines, real sisterhood, you know, real relationships there that people love, you know, and that's, it's funny how that's carrying, you know, Joshi wrestling, Joshi women's wrestling to this day. You know, it's it's kind of funny. Of course, yeah. Hey, but if it ain't broke, right? Don't fix it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, like go with it, and that's why it does have to be there. And as I said, Suzuki, Su- Suzuki, right? That's her name. Um, Suzu, Suzuki. Suzuki. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's just weird. Um, but uh, Bell, like Bell, Bell. <laughs> she's got she yeah she's got time to get there. She doesn't have to win the title now. She's not going to be gone in, in a, you know, in next week or whatever. Like, and you talked about she's been incredibly over in a star for her entire career. Like, she's going to stay over. And this is, you got to strike when the iron's hot. This is Micah's time. It's like, it's playing off of the real emotion. She's over. She's peaking where she's at. Like, you got the setback with winning, losing the, the tag team titles here. You got, really, they need to pull the trigger. I mean, again, I think we both talked ourselves into this, but. But uh, I guess any other thoughts on this or anything else and, uh, you know, whatever before we um, close her out. Yeah. With Suzu, you know, she's now I'm looking it up. She's only 21 years old, so she has enough time. And if you want to get her another title shot, if she loses this one and get her another title shot, you know, they haven't really done a um in the Bushi Road era. They haven't done a. Uh, of someone where they lose um, their title shot after winning the five star, you know that's that's that could be her in terms of an an intriguing you know storyline for Suzu, you know trying to get redemption back. And um, I know uh, what was it? Um, Alex and Dylan from Stardom Quest, their podcast. They were talking about maybe possibility if if they pull a trigger on Micah that um Suzu would win the Cinderella tournament next year which would be kind of ballsy because um from my knowledge no one has won the five-star Grand Prix and then go- went back and won the Cinderella tournament usually if you win the five-star you've kind of already graduated to one of the bigger you're one of the top wrestlers in the promotion so it's kind of like a like a demotion it's kind of like winning like New yeah, Japan yeah. Cup, you know? Right, right. Um, so with that, but you know how young she is, she could do that. So, um, I'm already thinking in my head that something like a when when the Cinderella tournament comes on, you know how like um, now sports, um, with old ESPN, you know, Sports Center things, they used to do segments where like, um in certain tournaments or how how they predict certain tournaments like oh this person no team has ever done this this and this and then they'll eliminate all these teams and all that i'm trying to i'm 
in my mind, I'm already thinking of something for Cinderella tournament. <laughs> how how am I right, going right. to pick the winner? But uh, yeah, but I now when you think about it, you gotta gotta strike with the iron top. Yeah, with Micah, um, especially if because I remember um, when Utami and Shuri faced off at Sumo Hall. Um, I remember the night of, I remember Liam, um, from You Gotta Be Kidding Me podcast over at Voice of Wrestling. He was just sending me photos of like the, just people lining up, like waiting to get in. I was just like, whoa, like they really struck something there. And that's, I guess it was two years ago, plus what they struck in terms of what the match I, I totally underestimated how big that match was with Shuri and Tommy. I'm starting to feel like that could be it with Mike and Suzu and um and that was back in COVID. You know, if people are lining up and there's video of people, you know, <laughs> um chanting Micah's name before they get into the building, um I'm not saying it's gonna be a <laughs> A masala jumbo um, sure, sure. It, um, situation, but it could be that. It could be the modern version of that. I don't know. Like, I'm I'm really interested to see what happens on the 29th. Um, to see if if they if they do it. Um, just think of short term, yeah, with with Micah. But um, after that, I would have to figure out a way to get the belt back on on Suzu. Um, that is, it's to me. I, I still think Suzu is a uh, can't miss prospect. I mean, it's it's kind of weird to call her a prospect because she's been she's been wrestling and been presented as a main event star for a while now. But um, right, I, I would I think long term you go with Suzu, but for right now, Micah is is the choice. Yeah, and I think you you can deliver something something big there with that. So definitely uh, worthwhile. Um, well, I mean, not much, <laughs> not much else uh, here. Let me just, uh, I guess, we'll finish it out for the for the evening. Um, I did want to give a, uh, a a shout out to uh, a match that maybe not a lot of people will check out. Uh, just completely shifting gears. Um, Daniel Makabe, former guest of the podcast, um, wrestled uh, Jaden. Uh, for in DOA, uh, just a couple days ago, it's kind of a they've been having like a long term rivalry in DOA between the three of them. This is the or the two of them. This is their third match. Um, and uh, really, really good stuff. Really highly recommend people go check it out. Won't give any kind of spoilers or anything, but uh, these these two have really great chemistry with each other. Do some really cool stuff. I know Dan was really high on the match. I I really enjoyed it as well. Um, but just wanted to give that a shout out. Let people check that out over on IWTV. Um, just to, because uh, like I said, this is a match people won't even notice. I think Jaden Jaden had a minute where people were kind of paying attention to him, but then kind of just nothing. Um, did the superhero gimmick, showed up in GCW stuff like that. But uh, but him and um, him and Dan have really really good chemistry with each other. So those two have had three really solid matches, and the 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 most recent one being the best of the three. Um, Jay, if there's anything you want to shout out and plug or anything like that, feel free. 
Um, I'd say thank you to everybody who got their votes in for the Wrestling Observer uh, newsletter uh, Hall of Fame tracker. Um, still happy to be part of that project. Um, we got about 10 less ballots than we did last year. I think it's a lot of people were either discouraged or the, the deadline came up really, really quick, but um, we're still we're still accepting ballots if you want to be added to the public ballot tracker. Um, I know the results were out that um, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, Roman Reigns nor the Young Bucks got in, nor CM Punk, so... Uh, Hey, we'll have but the beauty pair got in. So. Beauty pair got in. <laughs> I mean, beauty pair got in. It. So, yeah. um, I was going to figure out something to complain about, obviously. And for me, you know, it ended up being the Ishii situation, which I just don't agree with. But I really, that's like moving the goalposts because, you know, my, my, my big takeaway was just the beauty pair has to get in. And if they didn't, then it was just like the whole thing is a fucking sham. Um, and they got in, so can't I? I really should the uh, drop the Ishi thing, but that did really annoy me. Anyways, yeah, yeah, but it was kind of a cool thing for the Twitter page because um, Sergeant Slaughter uh, retweeted uh, the Twitter page and followed us. So I know he doesn't actually run his Twitter page, but um, yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty fun. And um, Gerald Briscoe, I think, gave a nod to us too. So um, pretty cool. Because <laughs> uh, Jack and Jerry Briscoe got, yeah, got sure. in, so so yeah, we're just gonna continue, keep it going. So um, yeah, fun. Yeah, and I know. I, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I know that there's like people, a lot of people who kind of didn't do ballots this year, so that could also be part of why you got less ballots. But either way, yeah, yeah, because uh, what was it? We got seventy three last year, but some of those were partial ballots. Um, this year we got about 63. Just want to double check how many ballots we got. Uh, because uh, it was really, I mean, the deadline came really, really quickly. So, uh, yeah, 63, yeah, 63 public ballots. So, which is pretty pretty impressive because I think when we started we got like maybe like twenty or something like that. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, we do model ourselves after uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame tracker. And um, I know looking for them because base you know baseball Hall of Fame season is now here. <laughs> um, it, it's funny how. The Observer Hall of Fame ended in right after it was the Baseball Hall of Fame. So they're doing a bunch of they're tracking ballots also. So but I know for their history they've they've had times where they've had less than than the year before, but um yeah. So that's my main basically been my main focus. That and watching wrestling. So that's it. Nice. Well, Jay, it's always a pleasure. It's always nice. These episodes are a lot of fun when we get to have you on and get into everything. And even just reviewing a wrestling show with not a ton of else, we got into a plenty of uh, interesting stuff there. Um, I'll tell people to follow you on Twitter at the underscore JML, correct? Or is it the JML underscore? The JML underscore. It's now open. I had the I had my uh, my page locked for a bit. Um, just because okay. privacy, privacy reasons, someone got my address. <laughs> so yeah, oh, no. but I, but I think I'm cool now. So, but, um, uh, oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. So probably check it out over there. We'll be back next uh, week, or we'll be back at some point. I'll just say that because I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, just everyone, uh, you know, thanks for listening. <laughs>